Hello and welcome back to the Book Wrecked podcast, where we talk books, movies, writing struggles, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Minerva, and I've just started watching The Crown, and so far I love it. I'm Irene, and I've fallen down a hole of self-improvement books. I'm currently reading Can't Hurt Me by Steve David Goggins, and to say the least, my eyes are being pried wide open. And I'm Vesta, and I love watching the sunset, especially with my cat out on the balcony. It's definitely a vibe. So ladies, how has your week been? Um, Well, I've been reading the book that recently released, Crown of Gilded Bones by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Um, And I've also been reading The Goldfinch. Um, I just have a lot of thoughts about Crown of Gilded Bones. I feel like a lot of us do. Um, I will preface this by saying I did enjoy the first book of the From Blood and Ash series. I think it was pretty good. The premise was fine. And I enjoyed like the banter between the characters um, and just like the relationships. But for like a third book, it's kind of falling flat so far. What do you guys think? Yeah, so I have also just recently started Crown of Gilded Bones by Jennifer L. Armentrout today, Um, and I'm currently around the juncture of chapter 24, chapter 25, and I I had very high expectations for this book because I was shook by the ending of the second book, and I was super excited to read this third book. However, it's kind of falling flat for me, but maybe this second part of the book will uh, redeem itself, but I have yet to see my expectations come to fruition. Yeah, I completely agree. I low-key feel like it's actually been on a downward slope ever since the second book, but maybe that's just me. I felt like the second book was like slowly leading up to this third book. Like it was kind Mm -hmm. of like a, you know, foreshadowing in a way, but this, the third book really shocked me with how like it just felt like a rough draft. It didn't really feel like it was fully fleshed out or the plot like went cohesively together. Everything seemed to happen very coincidentally and I didn't really like that. So plus it's kind of like falling into the trope of, you know, when like two characters have like really fun and interesting banter before they've gotten together. And then once yeah. they do get together, it's just boring like yeah I thought I thought this one was gonna be okay because they just always are bantering and then it started off as a bit of an enemies to lovers scenario at least on one end of the relationship Mm -hmm. but then like it's it's just uh I don't know maybe some of you out there who are listening do like it please let us know what you think but yeah those are our thoughts This next segment will include spoilers of The Shadow and Bone Show, which is a Netflix series based off of books by Leigh Bardugo. So please go watch that show and then come back and listen to our discussion. Okay, first of all, I want to talk about how incredible the cast is. I I can honestly say that I loved every single one of their performances. I'm so glad that they actually read the books and they seem so attached to their characters. Like Freddie is the number one Kaz stan and Ben is the number one like Dark Lena stan. I just I love how connected they are to their characters and how much they love and respect where this entire universe came from. 
Um, I actually got to see them on like this fan meet and greet Zoom call thing. And it was it was so fun because you can really tell that they're not just putting on a show for the cameras. Like they genuinely love each other and just have fun with each other and like their characters. Um, ben was totally having fun with his little remote thing and he was channeling his like darkling powers with his little remote, turning it on and off. And then Jesse like, bantering back and forth with him and then just the crows are so they're they're literally themselves like um every time they talk about everything they stole from set is just so like in character for them like Amita saying that she stole like knives and then um Freddie being possessive about his cane like Callahan asked um if he could like hold Kaz's cane and Freddie's like absolutely not and I just think that was so on brand for them. Um, I also want to say the fact that we got Callahan and Danielle when we haven't really been getting them in like um, the cast interviews and promotion, like that was just so fun. And it was like so great to see all five of our crows together in one place. Uh, it was just so much fun. And I love the cast. So good. Honestly, like Freddie is just such a good Kaz, in my opinion, like how I imagine Kaz to look like. Freddie (laughs) and Mm -hmm. oh my goodness Jesse did such a great job so proud of her Ben just he did his research like I was watching some of those cast interviews and Ben literally like I found it so awesome that he took note of his favorite quotes from the books and if he felt like something was kind of off with a certain scene he would reference the quotes and be like hey we could put that in and I was just like oh my god literally so great and I was so proud of how they did in the series and I really hope we get a season two. I agree with both of your thoughts like this was amazing the casting was amazing when they released it like it was two or three years two years ago but it was so good and from then on I knew that it was going to be such a good like show in general so yeah and when Ben said make me your villain in the show I knew he was reading Uh that book I knew. Okay, so overall, just about the show, I was thinking it might actually be better than the books and not, not maybe just the first book because we've only seen the first season, um, just like for a variety of reasons. But I just really thought that Malina was really fixed up. It was just patched up and it gave justification as to why it ended up as the endgame in the books. Um, and like True North was just so cute. I listened to the soundtrack after the show and like I could just feel their emotions through the show and through the soundtrack. It it was just perfectly articulated, so. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think one of the most beautiful moments in the show was like when Mal and Alina were like in, they were separated, right? And then it was the whole like turning the heads right and that would and and that whole shot was so well done I loved it so much and I don't want to say that I'm like a dark Lena shipper like I was firmly team Nikolai the entire time I was like (laughs) Alina you should have just accepted the Lansov Emerald like come on come on come on yeah he was obviously the best choice but um this show like Archie's really got me being a Mal stan I I love him so much he really made Mal such a good character like I could empathize with Mal it's so fun 
Yes. It's been a while since I read the book, so I probably can't give a very accurate representation of my thoughts of Mal in the books versus Mal in the TV series, but I can definitely say that I do like Mal in this TV series. Like I love their relationship and I love seeing them grow up together and it just creates that like special type of bond that I love to see. But let's talk about Nina and Matthias. Oh, oh my yes, goodness. Please. The best couple. Best shit. Oh goodness. Okay. Like, and <laughs> that scene when they were like on the ice and talking to each other, and she was, said something like, So, do you like me? And he just, he just is just like, Yeah. And like, looks very dejected about it. I The way he that. said, Stop it when they were on the ice. Yeah. Makes me feel some type of way. Mm, just butterflies you know <laughs> oh my goodness their chemistry is beautiful the actors did so well with their entire interpretation of Matthias and Nina in my opinion and I'm so excited to see them like we see them meet the other crows at the end of the season and I cannot wait to see how their relationship and like how they grow with the other characters and how they build that friendship but yeah I just love this couple so much well they're not really Mm -hmm. a couple right now but hopefully that changes (laughs) in the next season (laughs) um it you know what's like even better um the fact that during one of the breakout sessions during the zoom call Callahan was talking about the day he met Danielle and he literally said it was like the best day of his life and I just think that is so pure I love them so much oh my goodness they are platonic soulmates Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and as I was watching it like I was watching um at the same time as one of my friends and I was like wait does does Matthias die (laughs) she was just like yeah and I'm just like knowing that is so heartbreaking watching this and you're like we're gonna have to say goodbye to him I'm going to be heartbroken. Like, if the series gets that far in terms of, like, the storyline, I will just, tears will just stream down my face. You're going to need a support group. Oh, my goodness. I will dread that episode. Um, I think a lot of people going into this show were mainly here for the crows including um Nina and Matthias but like we also got to talk about the other three Jesper and Nege and Kaz yes oh I loved each and every one of their scenes like I think I like rewinded and rewatched like every single one because just the chemistry between the three of them is so perfect I, I just I can't get over how much they embodied like the relationship that these three characters have um, I think people really, really love Jesper and he deserves it because Kit acted his ass off in this show. Like he was so, so good. Um, I love how much they trained for their roles, how much they worked to like use their props correctly. Um, Inej with her knives, Kaz's cane and Jesper's guns. Like they did so good. I will say, however, there's like some people who don't like Kaz right now because he's like to them to people who haven't read the books he's kind of bland and I kind of get that because a lot of Kaz's character comes from his internal thoughts which we can't really see through the show yeah and people also ship Kaz and Alina have you guys heard that 
what yeah um, so apparently there's been something there's this fan edit that's been going around casmalina and oh. no like it's a legitimate ship that's the thing and the, in the comments everybody's like oh yeah i shipped them so much and i couldn't say it but like i shipped them and i was like what what but Inej and Kaz end up together and it's justified, I'm sure, but you're just going to have to wait and see it because their arcs are very subtle. I mean, technically they don't, but like they're like endgame, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're implied. Yeah. yeah. This is and almost I- like, you know, the people who ship Kaz and Tanta Helene? There's quite a few people who have been this shipping Kaz and Tanta Helene. This is ridiculous. What the hell? <laughs> Okay. Well, okay. I mean, like, we're pretty early on in the Jesper, Nej, Kaz arc, so things aren't really fleshed out yet, and keeping in mind this mainly takes place before the Six of Crows duology, so perhaps there's a bit more development that needs to take place before people can really see, like, the Nej, Kaz ship, because it gets very obvious later on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and we still do not know, like, their full backstory, especially Kaz. In terms of the show, we don't know a lot about his backstory. So I'm really hopeful that people can learn more about Kaz and, like, what makes Kaz Kaz. Because I think they'll grow to love him as much as so many of the fans of the books have. Yeah, I think um, the Inej and Kaz ship would be the hardest for just non-readers in general to understand just because, you know, they can't touch, they can't show their affection in anything, but like the longing stares and like heated eye contact, you know, it's super subtle. And like, we don't get to see as much of their backgrounds as we would hope. Um, I'm hoping that in the next season, we get some flashbacks of Jordy and maybe with the brother that Inej was talking about earlier, just like to give the show watchers a little more insight into who they are. And like to note that Kaz and Inej's ship has taken a long time to get to where it was even in Six of Crows. So from now we're seeing like very preliminary stages. So I do understand, but you know, they do end up together. So keep that in mind. <laughs> um, so speaking of ships, let's talk to one of the most controversial ships in the entire fandom. Malina versus Dark Lena. And obviously, we all have thoughts. Okay, so it's important to note that Dark Lena is pretty toxic. I think most people should recognize that. And if you don't, then that's a bit of a red flag. But I think in the show, just Mal and Alina's characters were so much more fleshed out. Like Alina has so much more um, personal agency which I think she didn't have in the books. Like I, I know somebody mentioned that Alina had the plot kind of happen to her in the books, but then in the show, she was driving the plot. Her choices and decisions were driving the plot. And I think with Mal, he just was so much more noble and less toxic than he was in the books. And for one, the biggest thing is that he didn't sleep with Zoya. Like he chose not to. You know, and then when he found out about Alina and her, like, whatever that was going on with the Darkling, like, he didn't demand an explanation. He didn't throw a hissy fit and, like, leave. Um, I really like the way they did that. I also thought the cinematography really, like, highlighted their connection in a way, like, with the sleeping one and not the sleeping. I mean, like, the when they were side by side and they were 
reaching out to each other and also like there were cut scenes when they specifically like went from a mouse scene to an Alina scene and like sometimes they finish their sentences and I thought that was so cute and I just love the little details that they sprinkled throughout this show uh for example the part about the letters was really nice um but of course the letters just didn't go through but I loved how like when they reunited they like mentioned the letters and they were just like but I did write to you and then you know they made amends <laughs> and she was just like you wrote to me <laughs> or something like that I forget the line but I thought that was really sweet and it helped build this relationship a bit more which from what I remember keep in mind I probably read this book like a really really long time ago but from what I remember it, it Definitely, I like Mal and Melina a lot more in the series than I did yeah. reading the books. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think also just like some details about how they portrayed the Darkling. Like there was so much arrogance in the way Ben Barnes played the role. And I think that was very intentional. Um, and then there was just certain decisions he made that like made it a little bit easier to see what the Darkling was really doing and how like kind of abusive the relationship was um I think maybe just seeing it like happen on screen instead of like what readers build in their heads was a big part of it and also you know the hideous collar that was like god (laughs) it was a physical representation oh my god no like when it protruded from her collarbones I was like what if someone like takes that and rips it out that's like that's my instinct oh I'm sorry like it wasn't like fully healed over yeah Mm -hmm. oh god yeah I thought it was just like a necklace I didn't think it was yeah I thought it was a bracelet wasn't it no, bracelet? that's in the next book she's you know the whale thing oh that you know that's when we get Nikolai <laughs> also like they just like um with the show they just threw out the Darkling's name like they just said it was like it was Alexander and ah, oh my I God. hated that I hated that too so rude disrespect to the Darkling man that moment in the books was so like important it was in Ruin and Rising I'm pretty sure. And oh gosh, it just bothers me that um, that moment was kind of important to Alina and the Darkling, not like romantically necessarily, just because it really was a way of the Darkling saying that he did care about Alina and he cared about what she thought of him. And they just reduced it to a throwaway line that anyone could hear. And like also in terms of ships, it was a very intimate moment between the Darkling and Alina. Like it was a secret in a way. So yeah, I get you. Well, let's go into season two predictions then. Um, I was kind of thinking about how Eric Heisserer, the showrunner, was talking about how he had a five season plan so far for the books. And like people are thinking that it's probably just going to be each of the books in order, like for Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows. But I don't know if they're going to want to speed some things up because there's only so much backstory that you can create for the crows. And like now that we've got Nina in the picture and like I don't know how they're going to deal with everything that's happening with Matthias and Hellgate um, because they can't just leave him there. You know, like Callahan needs a job, too. So <laughs> I'm thinking they maybe might merge the Ruin and Rising and Siege and Storm storylines 
just a little bit. I don't know if that means like we're gonna get like all of it, everything up until the end where like what happens to the Darkling happens to the Darkling. If you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's like something to think about because like um, I'm just comparing it like loosely to Game of Thrones because this show like when I was watching it, I had to constantly remind myself, this is not Game of Thrones. You can't compare it. But I loosely compared it. I'm just thinking like, I hope they don't mess up the plot. I hope they don't ruin the last few seasons. But I'm thinking like, will they go up to Rule of Wolves? Will they finish the ending? I would like that, honestly, because there's so much of Zoya's and Nikolai's characters that yeah. grow throughout that book. So. So I guess that's a good transition into like what new characters do you think we should expect for season two or future seasons? Um, I really hope that we get to see Nikolai. Would love to see him casted. Mm-hmm. I think there were some speculations out there. I'm not very um, up to date with that. But yeah, any thoughts? There was that one guy that um, I, I don't know if it was in the comments of an Instagram post or something. But he and Lee like had a little back and forth, I think, or he was like talking about it. I don't know, but he looked so good. Like, I feel like he would just he would do so well as Nikolai. What? He looked, oh, when he took a photo of him and his puppy, that mm-hmm. was, mm-mm, that's a bachka. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they introduce Wyland too. You know, I want to see Wyland. Yes. Literally, Kit talks about him all the time. He's like, when am I going to get my other half? I want to, oh I want to see my person. And I just, that's so sweet. That is really, really sweet. Aww. You know, I also wonder if we're going to get to see Jordy. Like, okay, so there's like a couple different theories. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to get to see Jordy in at least a flashback. But then I saw this one thing where someone said that what if Jordy actually survived and then the body that Kaz was like clinging to in the harbor wasn't his? Because, you know, there were so many bodies in that harbor. It doesn't yeah, yeah. mean that he was, yeah, he, he might not have been holding Jordy. And then someone said, what if Jordy was a tide maker? a Grisha and then he ended up on the you know the council of tides yeah yeah um, you know the people who let Kaz go in Crooked Kingdom yes yes yeah it was it was like a big moment what if Jordy became the leader of that group of tide makers oh well wouldn't he have met Kaz by that time then no he would but he can't tell him that's an interesting theory it's interesting. I thought it, I think it would be so cool because I know a lot of um, shows have like diverged from canon, you know, like I, I know with like the Shadowhunter show, they like brought back Michael Wayland or whatever. And I don't completely agree with that. But in this situation, like if we get Jordy alive, Jordy in this timeline, that would be so cool. That would be really cool. Like just to take a theory like that, you know, I don't know. I feel like it might have not been hinted enough in the books, but it's something that the show could really go off of. Yeah. Guess we'll just have to see what happens in season two. And as we close, here's our hot take for the day. The Shadow and Bone storyline in the show was better than the Shadow and Bone book series. So because we got other points of view, such as Mal and the Crows and Genya's, um, the storyline was like enhanced in a way and it was more emotional. And you could see the characters, the different characters' motivations and convictions. And you could understand how the plot was really intricate and connected in a way. 
Yes. Um, I have to say that for me, I may have liked the Darkling a tad more in the books. However, with that maybe less um, emphasis on the Darkling in terms of like maybe his humanity and that side of things, um, we got to focus a bit more on Grisha and like the political side of Ravka. And we got to see a bit more of Zoya and Jenya. Let us know what you think in the comments or DM us on Instagram at Podcast. And that's all we have for this episode of Bookwrecked. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again on our next adventure. Bye.